So as we continue our practice, the first um, first landing place, the first uh, place where we feel we can get some settling, some steadiness on the on the path is uh, happiness. Mm. Particularly kind of happiness, an internal happiness that's uh, not dependent on the sense sense input, but dependent upon the uh, freedom of the mind from regret, from distress, from malice, from fear, from worry, uh, and so on. And the freedom of the body from feeling tense, uh, blocked, numb, stale, painful. Mm. This, uh, these two basic freedoms uh, establish uh, a foundation for a, a right centering. Uh, instead of the mind having to go out to find its happiness somewhere else. Uh, and it finds its happiness right here. It collects itself. And it's collecting itself, feeling more contented, settling, steadying. It concentrates. Or it is concentrated. So it really, you know, first fruition is, is the degree of happiness, self-respect. Uh, happiness of having made punya, skillful deeds, actions, happiness of good companionship, uh, people we can at least trust, feel safe with. We don't always agree with them, at least we feel safe with them. Uh, respect, self-respect when one has dignity because one's mind is not you know, feverish, uh, malicious or manipulative. It's, it's not craving for sense contact. Mm. It becomes uh, rich. Mm. And this happiness, the Buddha said, yes, one should definitely make an effort, an energy, a desire for that. Because if you don't desire that, you will desire something else. Uh, you desire happiness coming from sight, sound, touch, getting one's own way, being supreme, being dominant, telling other people what to do, you know, status, power. You know, you see it around, don't you? You see people getting puffed up with power and status and vanity. Uh, so undignified, really. <laughs> Uh, uh, pompous and, uh, uh, or people just on fire with passion excited uh, unrestrained and it's kind of squalid really <coughs> glittering but really squalid The beauty of the happiness of Dhamma is we feel this is really uh, secure and doesn't cause anyone else any harm, doesn't demand things from other people, 
doesn't exploit the environment, suck out the resources, cause the destruction of other creatures, pollute the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Greedy for money, power, status, it doesn't do that. It's not dependent upon these things. If you follow the trajectory of the sensory world, the sense contact, because it's so addictive and demands more, as you can see now we all have more in many ways than our grandparents had. Aren't we any more happy? <laughs> not really, necessarily so. It doesn't quite follow. And yet you see the amount of resources the human pop human beings have exhausted on this earth because of their incessant craving for more 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 mm -hmm. so one of the uh, turning it around we say yes more is a, a relevant word as far as uh, more attentive that's good Yeah, and have more of that. More careful, that's good. Have more of that. More wise, yes, have more of that. Because <laughs> it doesn't cost anything, doesn't harm anybody. In fact, uh, uh, yeah. it's for their welfare. Have, have more loving kindness. Have all you want. Have even more. Please, take more of it. Have more compassion. Yes, more, more, more. Don't don't quench your greed in that respect. <laughs> Be greedy for more compassion. More equanimity, even better. <laughs> uh, and the rest of it you say there's another word, very rare word, it, it very rarely used, it's called enough. <laughs> and you don't really hear it very often. But it's uh, it's a, it's a wonderful word if you, you, re you use it enough could have more but that's enough I could want more but that's enough yeah. I could be more but that's enough for now that's enough then you gather the enough word just stop enough now make use of what you have turn it over refine it, purify it there you got something really beautiful that you developed in yourself. Doesn't cost anything for anybody else. Uh, and every time we can cultivate this way, we're becoming a uh, a resource uh, for ourselves, for our welfare, for other people, and for life in general. You know, if we were more compassionate, then more developed in terms of morality. We wouldn't be slaughtering creatures all the time. And the more careful, we wouldn't be throwing rubbish and trash into the into the water and the air if we were more careful, prudent. That would be for everyone's welfare. Yeah. We're less addicted to just immediate, convenient gratification. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
Why is it so difficult? Because the mind has been bent and turned outward. It's not your fault particularly because that's the current, that's the trajectory, that's the uh, direction that society in general encourages. Go out, go out to new things, go out to senses, go out to new sounds, go out to new devices, new this, new that, more, better, quicker, faster, smoother, clean, brighter, more, 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 go out, go out, go out, yeah. go wilder, go wilder, get more excited, have music playing constantly, 24 hours a day, wherever you sit down, there's music playing, you get into an airport, there's music playing, sit down have a cup of coffee, there's music playing, you can't go anywhere without something blasting in your ears, sit on an airplane, a video screen in front of you, no, <laughs> They come around, what can I keep eating, giving you food and drink? I don't want any. Give me, give me a tree. <laughs> no, you must have more. <laughs> I have enough. Enough, enough, enough. Yeah. That's the direction, isn't it? More, quicker, faster, newer. And so that, that's because, of course, this is the, where the money comes from where people make wealth and power because of selling more making people not content with what they have not content with what they have not even recognizing what they have not being in touch with what they have already which is their own chitta (laughs) and their own uh, wisdom and their own dignity and their own, they don't forget all that go out, you know run around half naked if you need to, just be whatever is wild, exciting, that's better than just contained, collected, boring. And so the chitta learns how to go out. And then of course something like sense restraint sounds like torture. You mean, you know, I'm just about getting happy when I go out all the time, I get little bursts of it. Now you cut that off, I'm gonna be completely miserable. <laughs> this is like breaking an addiction and at first it is pretty difficult you know because of the addiction one has been inducted into an addiction and it's the same you know for all of us certainly when I you know I started meditation I hadn't done any sense restraint or allergic to sense restraint made me feel bad so certainly not interested in sense restraint, but I was interested in, you know, getting a bit of clarity in my mind. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll do this for a few weeks, and it won't kill me. Uh, probably. <laughs> and uh, so then, you know, from doing nothing, no meditation, no sense restraint, I did uh, 15 minutes of meditation. Oh, this is really bad. My mind is completely crazy. There's not a single quiet moment in it. Gee, there's something about this. So, uh, okay. Go down to the monastery. You have to keep the eight precepts. I'll do anything. I'll keep the eight precepts, whatever. I'll stand on my head if you like. Doesn't matter. Just give me some peace. I'm just desperate, please. Okay. 
Kuti, sit there. Box. Nothing in it. Maybe a bamboo mat. Welcome home. Great. This looks good. And uh, give you a meditation technique. Try. I can't do it. Try and try and try. But mostly the experience is one of just uh, kind of determination, but then this mind was just this deep darkness, kind of mess of darkness. Nothing, no strength in it. No strength, just always collapsing, you keep always collapsing, always collapsing, pull it up, collapsing, pull it up, collapsing, pull it up, pull it up, collapse, pull it up. It stays it collapses, pull it up, it stays a bit longer, a bit longer, a bit longer, collapses, pull it up, stays a bit longer, uh, uh, collapse, you know, <laughs> for about a few years actually, and um, well at least I feel I'm doing some decent work, uh, you know, for happiness, at least I'm doing. I'm applying myself diligently with a sense of uh, something I can feel uh, uh, no shame, uh, no regret. And just the uh, also the effect living in a monastery, just of the effect of the atmosphere, restraint, nothing particularly to see. Particularly, it's green, it's pleasant enough, but nothing dazzling or exciting. And just being in such an environment, your senses start to cool because they don't, there's nothing to rush out to. The coolness. This is actually better than the meditation, actually. You know, some of the happiest times when I stop meditating, it's really nice here, you know cool, it's green, it's peaceful, yeah. and people walk around quietly, yeah, and the modesty, gentleness, it's picking up the aramana, the mood, oh, this is beautiful, because the mood is one of sangwara, restraint, and the encouragement in training is to cultivate restraint, restraint in terms of how you move, how you eat, how you speak, how you behave, just collect it, collect it, collect it, enough. That's fast enough, that's loud enough. Uh, collect it, collect it, this training, and this word, sangwara, restraint, restraint over the senses, restraint in terms of deportment, restraint in terms of morality, Restraint in terms of where you go and how you move. Now, restraint, really, the word sangwara means something like the first part of it, sang means something like together, gathering together, and vara, the last part of it, means something like worthy. So it's a worthy gathering together, collecting, you could say. And this collecting is the first kind of movement. And quality 
that matures into the collectedness we call samadhi. Starts by collecting, gathering in the mind's energy. We say we live in the sense world, so yes, it's there, but you don't have to run out into it. You don't have to be dazzled by it, tethered to it. You can see, hear, touch, but actually your heart remains collected inwardly. Yeah. And this gives a certain sense of balance. One feels one has an inner presence. We're not just all out there with a black darkness inside, an emptiness, but we have a kind of something bright or within us. And this collectedness, uh, the senses, uh, it gives rise to collectedness in terms of the body, which is, of course, where all the sense organs are. So if your energy is not running out through the eyes, the ears, the nose, and so on, and, and even touch, you find it gather, gathers within this body. Your body, then if you bring it in and you learn how to balance it through posture, breathing, steadily opening the body, gentling, and, and essentially breathing in and out, anything else that conducive to supporting clear, wholesome body energy, body, your sense, your, your chitter easily draws in because it's got somewhere to go. It's got somewhere pleasant to go, somewhere comfortable to go, somewhere it's got some rich energy in it it goes to so this uh, cultivation of body uh, uh, is a support for the cultivation of mind because it essentially encourages the mind to collect inwardly rather than to be going out so that's an important uh, stage we reach that through the obvious recognitions like you know we collect ourselves in morality this is not good you know this is not this this, uh, first of all just the basic five precepts the eight precepts which add to it because the eight precepts include a certain degree of of restraint you know and when you look at it what is it Mm -hmm. not eating the afternoon okay why not What's wrong with the afternoon? <laughs> Why don't we eat in the afternoon, not in the morning? Well, just because that's the, you know, the time of in India, that's the time when you go out, get your food for the day and finish. So for the summoners, that's what it's based on. It means, okay, after a certain period of time, you can forget about it for the day, let the energies of the metabolism quiet down. Because food, eating food uses energy. And then you've got to, so you've finished with that eating process for the day, now your energies can settle. And you've got a nice base for meditation because the energies can smooth out. If you cultivate it, then it means that most of the afternoon, the evening, you've got nice steady energy rather than the kind of energies that come from eating food when you get certain rising energy and then it. You've got to digest the food so you get a bit heavy, sleepy, and then so on. Yeah. So even if one is, when one is eating, just to 
always give that sense of getting to that's just about enough I could eat more definitely but that's about enough and slightly there's room for a little more and you stop <laughs> and just trying to find that place it's not nothing to eat but if you don't eat until you're completely full you eat till you're about 70% or whatever you know you can't exactly measure it but you know you could eat more that's about enough the tension of hunger is abated that's about enough yeah. and you can worry I, when I started my training think, oh my god I can't eat until tomorrow I better stuff myself full of food I'm going to die <laughs> <laughs> so you eat all this food you stuff yourself full of food you go, oh heavy oh. and you've got to sleep for an hour or so to get over it and you get this kind of belly feels distended and then actually the, the more you do that you know, you, you know your stomach gets extended through all this food it's got to process it's a lot of work uh, to, to process it or you've got to sleep to get over it and then actually you know you get this, this bodily discomfort which you think oh I must be hungry no you're not hungry the problem is the discomforts caused by the food that you've been trying to digest <laughs> if you just cool it all down then you get less of this heavy work that has to be done less of the intestinal work that has to be done to process the food and you feel kind of cooler you know and it's better to have just that little edge of hunger just a little edge of hunger keeps you alert it's better than being too full so you start to moderate and you find your level and so it changes from day to day but you recognize you the thing in the mind that says a bit more wait a minute check out that's enough trust it trust it after all the body's got to do the work of digesting the food not the mind your mind will always say more (laughs) particularly that's what it's been trained to do so your body says thanks that's enough that's just about enough. I feel cool now. Okay. And trust it. Knows what it's doing. And tomorrow's another day. You can always drink water or something like that. So you, you begin to work like this. So you have the, the fundamental precepts and the renunciation precepts. The fundamental precepts, five precepts keep you free from regret. No one need fear me. Everyone can trust me what I say is what I do, I'm, I'm honest that free, that sense of self-respect and dignity that comes from keeping the five with the eight you're really starting to work on um, restraining the mind from its sense uh, push yeah. Yeah. And you have to work against this mind which says, oh more, I need more, I've got to have more yeah entertainment, I get bored, I get bored, I get bored if I don't have something to play, music, crosswords, anything, you know and it's just a restraint, trust it, you'll be okay if you turn your energy towards using your mind to investigate, explore, handle really what you need to handle which is your, your emotions and your body energies, work on that, yeah so this uh, precept about entertainment, beautification, and adornments. You know, 
So you know, what do you what do you what do you got earrings for? I mean, what do you want earrings for? What do they do for you? You know, something else you've got to lose or worry about or buy a new set. <laughs> Uh, and of course, you know, uh, for train for society these days, if you're a if you're a woman, then you, know, you can't go out without your makeup on. You look hideous, you know. People think, what's wrong with her? You know, you got a, can't you do an hour or so putting your face together, so that you feel okay to walk out on the street. Otherwise, you feel too embarrassed and and so on. Wow, this is this is terrible, isn't it? that you haven't got enough self-respect and society says you've got to look like this you know with thick lipstick and black mascara around your eyes and earrings hanging off your head before you can feel you could be an accepted person <laughs> it's terrible really it's such a such a, a betrayal of, of people and the way that women get pushed into trying to be something artificial yeah. you know, they, just, they just trust it you know if you give that all up you'll meet the kind of people who will be interested in you not in your makeup <laughs> you don't want people who are just fascinated by the colour of your skin or the shape of your body you want people who trust you you know who, you, who respect you yeah. it's fine if 90% don't respect you because 90% of them you don't want really yeah. one or two good friends really good friends trustworthy friends that's beautiful yeah. uh, and this kind of instinct we have to fill the mind up on retreats you sit and you think, yeah, God, another day. So you can get around to you know, just do a crossword puzzle or something, a Sudoku, anything to keep my mind busy. Uh, and on uh, retreats, you often see people studying the back of cornflake packets, just something to read, you know. Niacin, thiamine, riboflavin. It's really interesting to read the whole cornflake packet. And you go to the washing powder packet. <laughs> it's amazing how many things you learn about the ingredients of things because you've got nothing else to do you start studying <laughs> while you do crossword puzzles in your mind <laughs> just to keep it something to get going on this is pitiful isn't it really <laughs> but you see the mind it's okay, you want to be engaged, you want to be doing that, why don't you do it with this, turn it to this, turn it to this, like how does this breathing thing work, how does it operate, you know, how does this body move, study it carefully, yeah, uh, study it carefully, it's, it's your, your workshop, your riddle, your laboratory, how does this body walk? Not how you think it walks, or how to get somewhere, but study the flow of energies and the movement of the body undertakes, or the subtle movement of the muscles, and as it walks. If you get it, so it's flowing, you find, oh, that's interesting. Not only does it feel comfortable, but 
my energy is contained within this body some a quality I didn't even recognize existed I hardly knew this what this word meant energy we thought it was just power no it's a certain soft vitality as you as you walk in a composed manner you feel this lovely fluid flow of vitality through the body oh that's different and it's right here so that's the, that's the one of the re- rewards of restraint to various kinds of restraint in terms of one has self-respect uh, one is not seduced by media so you've got that sense of independence from the craziness of the world and you get the sense also that your energy is collected and su- sweet and refined and gives you a pleasant abiding place where your mind will settle so it's worth study you know studying not with your, but studying the feeling studying the feeling don't try to figure out with your brain with words study the feeling of balance study the feeling of pressure study the feeling of adjustments until you get the light quality when you walk not too, you don't have to stomp around you don't have to march around you don't have to you know, be too intense about it just get a smooth, steady walking where you feel your whole body can relax your shoulders aren't tight you know, your waist feels fluid your belly's not stiff you know? uh, and the whole body walks together and your mind walks right inside it sits inside it as it walks it's not running out through the eyes how long or to the thoughts am I doing it right how long do I have to walk for should you do more courses sitting why does he walk so strange she's got it wrong you know it's kind of picking away at other people because <laughs> that's what it will do if you don't collect it the mind is a monkey if you don't give it a place to sit it runs out and does mischief yeah. it does play mischief it's come back calming it and this is uh, uh, something worth studying uh, the feeling it's a soft rhythmic quality that we're looking for in our lives the mind feels comfortable yeah. so you get the skills of deportment so you don't jump up, rush out, bang the door you draw your body upwards you walk softly so the feet, he was on, clattering on the floor so there's softness you open the door carefully you're aware of other people around you you don't barge in, you don't push them you don't make them feel forced, you give space you take your time, there's nowhere to go you're not going anywhere anyway so collecting if you have to stand and wait you stand and wait you collect in that because there's nowhere to go apart from in in here when you come to sitting you just settle the body down and you start to study how does it sit 
so it feels most steady good basis good foundation first then how does it come upright without being comes upright from the base so you've got to start with the base of your body and almost carefully study how the bones work how the spine sits how the body can be supported supports itself and again this is this is a skill that we haven't learned so I don't have any blaming in my mind because we didn't learn this we didn't know it it was not we were not shown it we always sat in chairs and slumped around and leaned back so the body just didn't even grow properly many people you know we didn't sit on the floor so the legs knees are always stiff muscles are stiff and it's just torture sometimes but uh, you know you can get through it if the body you treat it kindly and persistently and gently your body will change it will begin to form properly into something more supportive because that's its nature like you cut your hand the body will start healing it so similarly once you begin to address body posture the body will begin to get it think okay right let me think let me feel this out too much pressure here this piece isn't clear enough let go here relax that open that up yeah take your time draw your draw your head up take a breath and the most reliable uh, guide to posture is breathing because posture should be that which encourages the breath to be full uncongested uncramped and have its best effect for spreading energy through the body yeah. so when we get the outward form about right that's about as good as you can get it and then you let the breathing change you adopt your body adapt your body so yeah okay let the breathing really linger and steady in the belly in the abdomen give it plenty of room let it come up slowly let it open the chest and as you feel it open your chest it probably suggests that your shoulders tilt back and if, if you hold your body softly let the breathing work inside your body like a massage working inside your body to help support it to open and adjust itself so we, the breathing acts as eventually as the more refined uh, quality that can steady and adjust our bodily posture to a mode that's most supportive free from stress free from pain free from tension it takes time you know you really but you treat to bear in mind breathing is not something it's just about the lungs <clears throat> we're talking really about pana and apana the word is pana and pana refers to life force like prana chi it's the life force energy that certainly the air pro breathing in and out mass brings it through the body but it's the energy through the body that we want to feel because that pervades the entire body and you can use that to refresh uh, warm uh, your digestion you need less food to eat because you've got a pure energy source you don't need so much food 
You don't need so many clothes because it warms you up. Um, you don't need to sleep so much because your energy is bright, and you and you can meditate. <laughs> Means you, when your energy is right, then your thinking mind quiets down because it's isn't the and it isn't the agitation. The mind's not agitated. Uh, nothing to think about. The stop. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to think about. Maybe all we need to think about is how you're feeling. Is that skillful? Unskillful? How is that? Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brighter, steadier. Uh huh. Just like that. But, you know, you think, well, it sounds, when one, ha- when one hasn't, this hasn't been developed, it sounds so strange to say, why do you keep thinking? There's nothing to think about. Well, because thinking just keeps going. There's always something to think about. Think about the wages, think about my health, think about my relationships, think about my age, think about the future, think about what I did, think about what people think of me, think about the state of the world, think about my thinking, think about meditating, think about studying, think about a good career, think of change a job, thinking about whether I did the right choice, thinking about another thing, maybe better than this, thinking about something I read in the book, a really interesting idea, think about that, and think, about, think about just about anything. <laughs> Why? What good does it do you? Fact is, it doesn't stop. There's no reason for it, it's just it just keeps going. So you try and stop it. Stop thinking. How do I stop thinking? Is this the right way to stop thinking? Hmm. Who's thinking anyway? Why do I think so much? Well, that's more thinking. Let me think about that. <laughs> repress, repress, repress. Now that's not what it's about. It's not about. It's about finding somewhere else where your mind can go. Then it settles. A settled mind where the thinking is minimal, restrained, just what's necessary. Energy is steady, restrained, just what's appropriate. Begins to shine. The mind begins to shine. Yeah. And this is then people go, what? You mean like drugs? No, no. <laughs> no, not, not drugs. No, it's just a difference. It's a kind of subtle shining quality that people think, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, of course, unless you've cultivated it, it's just going beyond what people normally realize it's possible but it's got a certain bright luminosity shining quality to it felt feel happy you think why shouldn't i feel happy i don't need something to feel happy i just am happy because that's the mind's nature when it's free from obstruction it's supposed to be happy 
uh, when it's free from that, it, its nature is to be happy. And now, st- steady within that. Take your time settling within that. So this is this is um, we call this process a samadhi process. It's not a suppression. It's not forced. It's not uh, concentrated on a particular thing. This is an important piece to suggest or recommend you look into. Because when we use the word concentration, we normally think I'll concentrate upon what I'm doing, what I'm seeing. I'll concentrate my mind on some particular object. Maybe I'll concentrate my mind on the breath. But if you actually look into the discourses, the Buddha never says that. He never says, concentrate on anything. To be mindful, certainly be mindful of breathing means get your energy, your attention centered on that. And the result of that is the mind will be concentrated on itself. I mean, it means the mind is now settled, it gathers into itself. As the, as the mind gathers into itself, gathers into, into its energy gathered into its clarity this we call samadhi so it's a consolidated energy a consolidated mind a mind that doesn't leak out or rush out or fall down this we call samadhi it's not forced you can't do it through force it's through gently collecting And of course, the uh, the skill of it is that even this process, you say, just enough, just enough. Don't get excited. Don't get fascinated by that. Don't feel you've become somebody because of that. Restrain, restrain those attitudes. Just be contented, contented at ease, feeling the joy of contentment and ease, natural. And when you touch into this, you deep into this, you think, wow, how did I miss this? It's been here all the time. Really? Because we were going out. All the time we were going out, going out, encouraged to go out, get more, go out future, make a career, progress, further, out, out, out. I don't want to go out. Missing out on opportunities. <laughs> you miss out on opportunity. You know, you're missing out on the big opportunity for your own happiness internally. Yeah. Of course, when we cultivate this we have to deal with these hindrances if you probably familiar the, often they're categorized as five hindrances sometimes it seems it's about a thousand of them but they come under five main headings <laughs> that's the karma chanda where the desire has gone out into the, the motivation is in terms of sense realm so it's chanda then gets 
turned towards the senses, we get interested, motivated around the senses. Yeah. So this is again something to, with a mature, mature, balanced understanding, one says, oh, the senses are there, one can get some pleasure from them, surely, yeah. But that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Can't, you can't run far with that one, just enough. Let's just take what we need and turn inwardly. Break the addiction. And you can only break the addiction by giving a quality of agreeable comfort for the mind to go to. So you start cultivating metta, acceptance, kindness towards oneself, kindness towards other. The mind feels a bit softer and warmer. Then we can gather into that. We get a sense of uh, joy from having lived, done on it with with generosity, gives us gladness, uh, loving kindness, makes us feel happy. Yeah, okay, do that. Then your mind, that the chanda is going towards dhamma, dharma chanda. Yeah, uh, so you move in that way. And this uh, uh, ill will, the second one. Uh, which comes also as feeling other people's ill will. We feel nervous, we feel frightened, we feel defensive. Other people don't like, won't like me unless I do this. I'm not good enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not attractive enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not quick enough. So we get this kind of feverish rush to prove we're good enough, beautiful enough, strong enough, smart enough whatever it is, and we never find it. <laughs> because the mind is riddled with ill will towards oneself, no self-respect. Yeah. And you can recognize this in, in one, one's own mind, and certainly other people, you know, the feeling, the need to perform, to get ahead. This, of course, is a big drive in in the world in general performance drive business model you know there's only one winner everybody else second rate Oof. bottom of the line idiot Oof. you know person who didn't buy the good clothes she gets left behind guy who didn't have the smart talk forget about him you know there's only one winner i'm going to be that everybody's running yeah and the sense of fearing the rejection of others, fearing to being seen as inadequate, fearing the sense of uh, others' contempt or not being good enough. We dread that, so we run. We don't realize the sense of ill will that we're directing towards ourselves, the inability to accept, to be kind, to be graceful, to be compassionate towards oneself. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to be that good to be loved. Mm. You know, people who have metta will have metta for you, it doesn't matter. And if people don't have metta, you don't want to be with them anyway. 
<laughs> you're good enough. You're good enough. Uh, and of course, this sense of uh, we start to cold, cold attitude. This disease takes over of ill will. Not you know, uh, not good enough. We start. She's not good enough. He's too lazy. Yeah. He's too fat. He's too old. He's inefficient. He's this. He's sloppy. He's, he's like, oh, it's ugliness of jabbing other people. Yeah, why she had to wear those shoes? <laughs> it was criticizing and judging other people, and then criticizing and judging oneself. This is the really big thing to to cultivate just acceptance. It means the bottom line of metta means we do not allow ill will to guide us for one moment. Well, okay, for long. <laughs> and you gradually reduce, you feel that little arrow of ill will come up, wait, stop. Done something you feel bad about, recognize that was not so good, lift up do better in the future, that's enough, finish, yeah, it's past, other people don't behave properly, you can see if there's a suggestion you can make, or okay, I deal with this, you know, it's fault finding mind, and you know, you accept, learn acceptance, doesn't mean we believe it, we adopt it, we follow it, we encourage it, we just acknowledge it's there, and we don't get into the judging, the the aversion, the criticism, we just stop that. Because it's going to sour your mind, sour your heart, it's not worth it. <clears throat> the other two next hindrances are really to do with the imbalanced energies that, that occur when our minds have not been gathered together and our bodies have not been properly uh, related to and, and cleaned. If you feel, I often feel this quality of dullness. Uh, sit down, close your eyes and whomp. <laughs> sit down, open your eyes and whomp. <laughs> sit down, put the book down, switch the television off and whomp. You know, like, whomp. <laughs> nothing to hold on to because the energy just doesn't know how to rise it's, it's, it's stagnant because it's only been risen up when something's pulled it up <laughs> when a sight or a sound or a thought or an idea has pulled it up the energy is run up without that it doesn't rise it just sinks and plop <laughs> you know I'll mean, oh, take a rest okay take a rest take a nap uh, okay okay Feel still don't feel so good. A cup of coffee or two. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. You know. But <laughs> 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 well, then, what does it take? You know, to 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 get your energy to rise up. You work in the body. You walk up and down. You open your chest, you do some chanting, you know, you brighten your face, you open your eyes, you 
move around if necessary, just get gradually massage the energy till it begins to be softer, more mobile. If it's still and it's not balanced, it goes stagnant. That's why walking meditation is always a really important thing to cultivate. When we have an opportunity like this, great. Often in the city you don't really have much opportunity. So I kind of encourage, well, through standing, at least that's that's going to keep you more energized than sitting. But, of course, sitting is great if you can cultivate it, but one should be, you know, mature enough to see, well, there's no point just sitting in a dull, stagnant state or sitting overwhelmed with obsessive thoughts. That's not meditation. That's just sitting there, you know. Chickens can do that. But she, you know, you want to. She can cultivate the sitting so you can draw your spine up and open your chest, your abdomen, your belly, and so forth, and get some energy gently rising. Marvelous! This is this is wonderful. You're really excellent. But sometimes you don't have resources for it. So stand. At least it's going to more or less urge the body to be more bright, because otherwise you fall over. Stand, it urges, encourages the body to, to cultivate balance and rather than get mind swings out. Walking is good. And a general appropriate attention to what you need to do so you're not sloppy. So with dullness we often recommend we'll just maybe take eat perhaps a little less, just a little less. Put more attention into your where you move around carefully. Keep your room clean, tidy, so you're meticulous. This kind of a soft, steady application. Yeah, it's not forceful. It encourages a soft, clear energy rather than a kind of forceful, rushing, then slumping state. Mm. Of course, the other form that we get is agitation, restlessness and worry, which manifests as, as habitual obsessive thinking flittering from that to the other next thing, next thing, next thing and even the body gets fidgety yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) drum your fingers and twitch around change across your legs, uncross your legs screen so if you you know you sit in a public place you can just see this people just creep crawling seething something screen magazine eat something drink something have a torture look at the phone there's nothing to do just chill you know I can't can't switch it off just restless energy. Because, of course, that's what we've been trained to do. <laughs> you know, and, and certainly when you're a child, there's a lot of restless energy because it's still it's trying to find itself. But then rather than hook it up to externals, the idea is you, as you're an adult, you gather it in, gather it in, and you begin to purify it. Yeah. Uh, and this is takes some skill. Even the Buddha found it uh, in his training you know, he had difficulties with this because just the inheritance of sensory life 
to find an, a steadiness. So the energy is, runs steadily through the body. The mind is satisfied with it. Yeah. And I really do recommend, as you probably pick up, the, the, the skill of using, the, using one's body energy because uh, otherwise you just get, it gets so psychological. Uh, you know, I'm a restless person, try to restrain myself, I shouldn't be this way. Look, it's not you that's restless. <laughs> it's your chitta that's restless because it haven't, you haven't given it a good home. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to be a parent to this chitta, which is confused. Give it a good place to sit. It will sit. You look after it, it will treat you very well. If you really look after it, it will take you places you didn't know existed. Yeah. And of course, the last hindrance is confidence, uh, lack of confidence. Yeah, it's doubt, which we may assume means we don't have enough information, which is the worldly way. No, you don't, you don't need more information, you just need more confidence. Uh, the lack of confidence means I can't, I don't, I'm not good enough, I can't make it, it doesn't work for me, there's something wrong with me. I'm a failure, past life did this, no way, maybe next life, who knows, you know. I better just, well after all I'm only a this, you know, what do I expect, you know, I'm only a laywoman, what do they imagine, I can't do anything with this. Well I'll go and offer some food to the monks, that would be good enough for this lifetime. <laughs> you know, look, come on. You know, the Buddha taught everyone because he felt anybody who was interested was a, was definitely make progress uh, in this in this dharma. It's not just a dharma for a special sect of people, but a dharma that's broad and wide. That's why he taught it, broad, wide. You know, that people can gather into and fulfil themselves within. But you certainly, if you relate to your uh, personality, which is a social, socially constructed form, there's no, you can't have confidence in that. The personality is something that's developed over time through the interactions with society. So your personality is really like your, your surface of uh, that which the world has asked you to be that which the world has approved of, that which the world has trained you in terms of customs and manners. Yeah. And of course, in all the worldly ways, so your personality is shaped by that. You look at that, it's just not, It's a, there it is, it's not, you know, it's not a great vehicle. <laughs> so, you know, don't relate to that. If you're trying to find confidence in that, you just get proud or deceitful. Yeah, or you you know, or you and people can get very self-deceptive about about themselves. Like they don't acknowledge their defilements because they they're trying to hold on to their personality as being something that's beyond blame. No, no, it's it's never that good. But if you train to touch into the factors, not the person, but the factors, this is the quality of goodwill. This is the quality of restraint. It is present for me. 
It can be present for me. If it's not there, I can bring it in. This is the quality of, of, uh, of morality. If it's not present, I can do it. I can bring it in. This is the quality of renunciation. I can do it. I can bring it in. Right? This is the quality of aspiration. I can do that. I can bring it in. Yeah. Have confidence. You can bring it in. If it's not there, you know it's not there. And rather than lament, bring it in. And don't try and bring it in as a, per- as a person. Bring it into the heart. Say, so, yeah. I can't accept myself. Well, your heart can, but your personality cannot accept your personal flaws because it's, it always thinks I've got to be perfect. You know, it's frightened. No, it's like, you know, I can't go without my makeup on. Of course you can. You're just frightened of it, that's all. Because you believe that's the most important thing and people won't like you. This is like your personality, your makeup. You put it on, but then you don't. It doesn't have to be that good. Just decent and uh, restrained, and not harsh and respectful of other people. Accepting the way we are, and then just enter into the factors. Pick up the factor of restraint. Pick up the factor of morality. Pick up the factor of kindness. Pick up the factor of persistent energy. Pick up the factor of mindfulness. Can you have confidence in them? Can you trust them? You should. They're worthy of trust. This is what all the Buddhas, all the disciples, all the Arahants, all the aspirants, they all are gathered in this. This is the assembly. And test them out. Test them out. If you cultivate this, does it take you to a better place? Yes. Then you trust it. How long it's going to take to get it all right, you don't know. How long it's going to take until you're completely enlightened, you don't know. You don't have to know. That's speculation. But you can know this is the path. This I feel confident in. This I'll just have to keep living out. And I can live it out. It's a broad Dhamma, it's a broad teaching, it covers morality, deportment, livelihood, and inner work, therefore it's good and complete, and we can cultivate it. <laughs>